Order, order. Uh, good afternoon, members. We're now in public session. Uh, members, we have a quorum, and we will now begin the meeting. So welcome to today's meeting of the Public Accounts Committee. Members, mobile phones must be set to airplane mode or turned off. It is not sufficient to put mobiles on silent mode as they continue to interfere with the assembly recording. This session is being recorded in video and audio and can be accessed via live online streaming, either on assembly website or Democracy Live. Agenda item one, apologies and apology from Mr. Hilditch. Any other apologies? Okay. Agenda item two, the minutes of the 28th of January 2021, pages 6 to 13 of your pack. Uh, minutes of the 28th of January are in your pack, pages 6 to 13. Are members content that I sign those minutes? Agreed? Yeah. Agreed. Members, uh, un unless you're um, intending to speak imminently, could I ask everyone to, to mute their... Uh, devices please because there's some feedback there and I know yesterday at the education committee we had a considerable amount of feedback and it does play havoc with the technology so please mute your devices. Um, agenda item three then is declaration of interests. At each meeting members are required to register relevant financial and other interests in register of members interests. Does any member have any interest to wish to declare this afternoon? Okay, thank you. Chair. Sure. Mr Muir. Just in relation to the special educational needs report, and uh, declare as a member of the Board of Governors of Priory Integrated College in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, Mr. McHugh? Yes, uh, Chair of uh, Nice Cullen and Jerrica Preschool in Castledare. Okay. Mr. O'Toole? Uh, I'm declaring an interest not on that, but um, just that in relation to our through session hearing on capacity and capability, I was previously a civil servant and worked with the uh, person giving evidence. Permanent secretary. Okay, Mr. Beggs. Uh, declared interest as a governor of Rodensville School. Okay, and I declared interest as a governor at Edinburgh Primary School and Girls Model, both in North Belfast. Sure. Sorry, Mr. Boylan, yes? Yeah, sure. I am a member of the Board of Governors of School, yeah. Okay, thank you. Agenda item four then, matters arising. Uh, members, uh, last week we agreed to defer consideration of correspondence dated the 20th of January uh, 21 in terms of page, pages 16 to 134 of your pack from Tracy Maharg, the Accounting Officer and Permanent Secretary at the uh, Department for Communities regarding the blue light regulations around Casement Park. Ms Maharg has provided a detailed breakdown of the information regarding the planning process at Casement, uh, over 120 pages long. The committee had requested a copy of the um, Ulster Council of the GA Traffic Ma uh, Management Plan. However, Ms. Maharg is not in possession of this document. The uh, Ulster Council of GA has confirmed the traffic management plan is not yet required. It will be finalised in the future as part of the uh, Ulster Council's GAA obligations stipulated in the planning conditions of the planning permission. Ms. Maharg has provided the committee with a synopsis of the Safety Technical Group, the STG decisions, and the PSNI statutory consultee response to the Casement uh, Park planning application in relation to Casement Park Stadium design and spectator safety. She is content to answer any further questions. Uh, now, members, in terms of, has any, members, uh, any member have any further questions they wish to pursue with Ms. Maharg in the department? Uh, 
I also note then, members, with a negative response, that the Department of Communities on 29th of January announced a further £20 million to the project for 2021-22. Um, <clears throat> could therefore I suggest that us having taken it, I think, as far as we can take it as a committee, can I suggest this correspondence um, is shared with the Communities Committee, uh, and if necessary, we may revisit the matter to receive uh, the MOR uh, for our major capital works programme report. Proposed by Mr. Begg. Seconder? Mr. Seconder? Seconded. Okay. Okay, members, thank you. Um, and if you're content, we will keep this issue under review. So we'll forward Ms. Mahar's uh, response to the Department of Communities. Agenda item five then is correspondence at pages 136 to 138 of your pack. Um, and at this stage, I would invite Mr. Donnelly, the Controller and Auditor General for Northern Ireland Audit Office, uh, to join the meeting. Members, I refer to your correspondence dated the 29th of January 21 in your pack at page 136 from Meg Hillier, uh, the Westminster Public Accounts Committee Chairman. Uh, Meg is a Labour MP, and uh, we discussed before a proposal for cooperation with this committee. Uh, on the with hers on the consequences of the new arrangements uh, in terms of the REC uh, and the movement of traffic across the REC and North Channel, including trade and customs arrangements. I suggest that uh, we defer this discussion until item 9 for the forward work pro programme if members are content. Mem members, I refer to an email from Mr Alan M. Drainsfield, FOIA campaigner and Social Watchdog at page 137 of your pack. We have written to Mr Drainsfield to ask for his permission to forward his correspondence under GDPR if required. Mr Drainsfield has asked the committee to note his concerns regarding wind turbines in Northern Ireland. Uh, I suggest that the committee notes Mr Drainsfield's concerns and that we would consider his correspondence when we commence our inquiry into generating electricity from renewable energy. Are you content that we will notify Mr Drainsfield of this action? Agreed. Thank you. Members, I refer to correspondence in your pack, page three, received from Lloyd Crawford, uh, owner of Chroma Lighting, in respect to Northern Ireland civil service managing uh, contracts and existing tender process. Mr Crawford is concerned at the civil service attitude to contracts management on the BBC News website. And I'm uh, delighted, I'm sorry, I should have said there, I'm, I'm quoting there, he, he said I, he was concerned about the civil service attitude to contract management on the BBC News website, and I'm delighted that your committee is holding them to account. Mr Crawford has also asked to pass on his uh, appreciation to colleagues on the committee for looking into this matter, and if he can be of any assistance, uh, we should let him know. Are members content to note and forward to the Northern Ireland Audit Office officials? Great. Okay. <coughs> um, okay. Uh, Members, can I now tell you that we will move to item six on the agenda in terms of ministerial directions. At this stage, I would ask broadcasting to bring in Mr Kyle Bingham. Uh, broadcasting, if you bring Mr Bingham in, he will remain in the meeting until we adjourn. Um, Mr Bingham, can you hear us okay? Yes, Chair, thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And agenda item six then is two ministerial directions. Uh, members, before we discuss two ministerial directions, I refer you to correspondence dated the 2nd of February 2021 in your table pack, 
pages 5 to 7 from Sue Gray, the Accounting Officer and Permanent Secretary of the Department of Finance, regarding our letter of the 18th of December requesting further information in relation to ministerial direction and the temporary financial support for uh, City of Airport, City of Derry Airport in London Derry, and separately Belfast International Airport and Belfast City Airport. <coughs> Members, Ms. Gray states that her communication with the Department of Finance uh, uh, made it clear that it was not possible to undertake the detailed analysis and economic appraisal that would usually underpin a scheme of this nature to inform a value uh, for money determination. She states, and I quote, there were significant trade-offs between expediency and assurance, and that in developing the scheme, cognizance has been given to the need to balance the risks inherent, uh, inherent in developing and op op operationalising a scheme of this nature with the need to address the broader economic impacts in a timely manner. Members, Miss Gray has asked Stuart Stevenson of the TOA and his, who's uh, a regular visitor to this committee and his team to draft updated guidance requiring departments to publish ministerial directions as quickly as possible after the Northern Ireland Audit Office and the committee has been informed. Ms Gray also advises that the financial performance and outlook for these airports has deteriorated in uh, recent weeks, which demonstrates the fluidity of the situation. And as a result, the Finance Minister has asked the ex Executive colleagues to agree to increase the level of funding allocated to this intervention by £2 million. Members, have you any comments on the matter? I suppose the broad question, Chair, is um, around the whether it's worth having. We know that air travel is going to be significantly affected. We all hope we're going to be not at normality, approaching normality in the months to come with vaccination, etc. But the expectation is that there will be a much longer lag in terms of depressed air travel. Um, I, I suppose the question, therefore, is uh, I'm totally seeing the policy rationale for financial support to all our airports, but just the, the, the simple planning point of what is the both you know the, all the relevant departments doing to look at the well, how long this is realistic to, to you know do a kind of realistic hard look at how long support is going to be necessary because. Um, uh, that, that's not to say it shouldn't continue. It's just to say that we now know that for most of the, uh, we can assume, I think, for most of this year that air travel will not get back to normal capacity. So I just think there's a question there about looking at it in the medium term. That, not to say it shouldn't happen, but just to say that mm. what are they doing now to plan for it? Yeah, Mr. Banks. Uh, <coughs> I agree that we need to look at how long it will be necessary, but also how long it's likely to be affordable, and to back three airports in Northern Ireland. You know how, how practical that is going forward. Yeah, I don't want the committee to be drawn into the feasibility of airports, which I think we're in danger of doing. It's not our role or responsibility, whatever view we may have on it. Um, I, I do think the question that um, you raise, Mr O'Toole, is, is extremely valid. Um, uh, I'm not sure, though, it's this committee's role. I think it would be a the Finance Committee's role to deal with that issue, to be honest with you. But the point is well made. Um, in terms of the... Um, are members content that we keep the situation under review with regard to what I've just discussed? Yeah? Yep. Great. Great. Okay. So, uh, one then is the Limited Company Director Scheme, uh, LCDSS, at pages 139 to 160 of your pack. Uh, I'm delighted this afternoon we've been joined by Mr. Kieran Donnelly, 
CB, the Controller and Auditor General for Northern Ireland, Mr. Um, Patrick Barr, Director of the Northern Ireland Auditor Office, Mr. Kyle Bingham, Assembly Support Office, uh, is joining rem remotely. Um, at this stage, I'll also welcome Rodney Allen, who's joined us, and we'll be talking to us later. Good afternoon, Rodney. Thank you, Chair. Um, I refer to correspondence dated the 29th of January 2021 in your pack at pages 139 to 160. The uh, Department for the Economy Permanent Secretary wrote to the Comptroller and Auditor General on the 25th of January 2021 to advise that he had sought a ministerial direction from the Minister for the Economy, Diane Dodds, MLA, on the 16th of December 2020 to implement a limited company director support scheme. I referred in your pack, pages 139 to 140, which sets out the background of the spend. The ongoing COVID-19 disruption continues to place significant strain on business across Northern Ireland, with a range of initiatives having been launched to support. However, for various reasons yet uh, not known, uh, not everyone has been able to access the scheme. And in that context, there have been ongoing and increasing pressure both nationally and locally to provide support to company directors unable to access support to the scheme. It has been the view that the provision of support to limited company directors should be dealt with through a national scheme. However, given the lack of response from Her Majesty's Government, uh, the Department now considers it necessary to address the gap in support through the introduction of a local scheme. <coughs> Members, the Permanent Secretary wrote to the DFE Minister on the 16th of December 2020 in relation to the limited uh, company director support scheme. On the 17th of December, the Minister sent a paper on the LCDSS to the Executive. The recommendations in the paper were subsequently agreed by the Executive at the Executive meeting on the 8th of January. The budget allocated to the scheme is £20 million. However, it is not possible to estimate with any degree of certainty how many applicants will qualify for the support. A minimum £1,000 grant will be paid to eligible limited company directors. The Minister issued a direction for the accounting officer to proceed with the LCDSS on the 13th of January 2021. So therefore, members at pages 145 to 153, Annex A, 16th of December, submission to the Department of Economy Minister and Associated Executive Paper, advising of a need for a ministerial direction regarding the LCDSS at pages 154 to 158, Annex B. Um, read out of the executive meeting on the 8th of January and at pages 159 to 160, Annex C, ministerial direction, issued by Minister Dodds on the 13th of January of this year. Have any uh, members any comments on the ministerial direction? Or are you content to note? I would simply say I'm sure we've all received, I have, from company directors expressing their, their frustration and the fact that so many of them are under pressure. And I'm sure other members will have done, received similar uh, <coughs> mail in their mailbag. So, are members content? Yes, yeah. um, I agree with you that um, there was great frustration that um, <coughs> this was a group of people who had been excluded from any support to date. But a question I would have would be how, how do you avoid uh, duplication? I'm aware of sometimes company groups being set up where the director of a company is also director of half a dozen companies down below that. So. Um, well, multiple awards. Is, is there any check going on so that um you're basically making the point that um, someone could be a director of Roy Beggs and somebody could also be a director of Roy Beggs Enterprises and would yeah. they get yeah okay. So just is there is there any checking process going on in this yeah. or well, well maybe that's one of the reasons for the direction. Uh, that's something certainly we will have a look at. Um, in fact, um, there's a risk of 
not just duplication within schemes, but across different schemes. So it's quite complicated. It's like a patchwork quilt. Uh, so th there's, a, and as the direction, or the reason for the direction, it said was high, high risk, uh, and maybe not sufficient time to put in all the controls you would usually have. So uh, uh, I think that's, that's fair enough. That'll be one of the issues that we obviously want to look at. Okay. okay. Any other member, any questions? So then, are you content to note? Content to note. Yeah. Okay. Um, the number two then is a ministerial direction, large tourism and hospitality business support scheme, LTHBSS, pages 161 to 180 of your pack. Members, I refer to the correspondence dated the 29th of January 2021, pages 161 to 180 of your pack. The uh, Department of the Economy, Permanent Secretary, wrote to the Comptroller and Auditor General on the 27th of January 2021 to advise that he had sought a ministerial direction from the Economy Minister, Diane Dodds, MLA, on the 19th of January 2021 to implement a large tourism and hospitality business support scheme. The background to the scheme is to provide the support to large businesses in the tourism and hospitality sectors which have been impacted uh, by the Executive's decision to impose additional restrictions uh, as set out in the Health Protection Regulations effective from the 16th of October 2020 uh, and in the Derry City and Strabane Council area from the 5th of the October. In addition, it outlines the potential to extend the scheme to cover the further period for restrictions currently in place from the 26th of December to the 6th of February, should additional funding become available. Despite the extensive coverage of the Department of Finance administered localised restriction support scheme, the LRSS, the Department of the Economy's COVID restriction business scheme, the CRBSS, there remains gaps in the level of support to fix costs and current uh, coverage of the executive's response. This scheme seeks to fill those gaps. The minister issued a direction to the accounting officer to proceed with the LTHBSS on the 22nd of January. <clears throat> the relevant correspondence which underpinned the decision to proceed with the delivery of the scheme includes at pages 165 to 170 of your pack, in Annex A, the 19th of January submission to the Department of the Economy an associated, exec associated executive paper advising of the need for a ministerial direction regarding the LTHBSS. Pages 171 to 177, Annex B, readout of the executive meeting on the 21st of January, and 178 to 180, Annex C, the ministerial direction issued by Minister Dodds on the 22nd of January. The proposed scheme structure for the scheme is uh, weekly payments of between 2,400 and £41,900, depending on the business net uh, annual value, the NAV range. The full payment structure is outlined in the executive paper. The total cost of payments to cover the eight to ten week period of restrictions from October to December, to December is £15,032,000. To uh, replicate this for the additional uh, six weeks of the restrictions will be uh, £11.1 and the total cost of the scheme subject to further funding approval is estimated to be £26.1 million. Um, could I at this stage ask the Controller and Auditor General uh, if you have any comments on the ministerial directions? I think you've covered all the main points there, Chair. Um, there's yet another scheme to fill gaps in the earlier schemes. Um, I suppose there's a, a cap. Um, so This is for the larger hospitality with an NAV over... 50,000. Uh, I think we're 
278 uh, businesses that fall into that category. Uh, the payments are to be tiered depending on the NAV. Uh, the reasons for the direction are very similar to the other ones. Um, just maybe um, just risk of maybe ineligible payments and uh, just the time to uh, insufficient time to do the detailed type of value for money assessment that would normally have been done. So it falls into the, the same sort of category. Okay. Uh, any members, any questions? Are we content to note? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, members, um, we will now move into closed session to hear evidence from um, Ms. Sue Gray, the accounting officer and permanent secretary of the Department of Finance, regarding our report into capacity and capability in the Northern Ireland Civil Service. Order. Committee room 30. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 30. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly.